0: A little bit crazy, (laughs) that's just how I like to be. Um, But the Lord sometimes makes me not be, oh, that's much better, makes me not be quite so me. (laughs) And He likes to pull me out of that sometimes and makes me be serious. I'm sure it's hard for Him. (laughs) I'm sure it's not easy, but He does it. And when He puts those burdens on my heart, I take them very seriously. So while most of the time, I do come up here or go before the youth and I like to be crazy and and, um, outside of that typical box but the Lord has put a burden and I am going to cry a lot tonight, I'm just going to tell you that. The Lord has put a burden on my heart that is heavy and I shared what he had been speaking to me with pastor and we have the best pastor in the whole entire world. He is the very, very best. And when I did, he did something I don't love about him. He said, oh, that's great. You should talk about it. <laughs> so here I am <laughs> to share what the Lord has put onto my heart. Wow. You. Can you hear me better? Better? Okay. Um, we're just doing this all night. <laughs> take these microphones. Um, I am thankful. Thankful to know God thankful that I don't just know who he is about him, but I know him, and that he shares his heart with me. I am thankful he brought me to refuge, that I know all of you. I am thankful that he put a very special man into my life, my husband Chad, who is a fantastic human being. And before, yes, yes, that's appropriate. And before Chad came into my world, there was another man who came into my world. Or rather, I came into his world. <laughs> and this man you should pray for because he still has to guide and direct me in my paths. He still has to pray for me, which I am grateful for. He has challenged me. He has been a strong man in my life. He's always pushed me to be the best that I could be, whether I wanted to be pushed or not he pushed (laughs) and he continues to push most of all he taught me how to fish and for that I am eternally grateful so thank you my dad whose birthday is today (laughs) so happy happy birthday to my daddy he is getting old Okay, that's it. Now I'm not going to be silly. I'm going to portray to you what God has put and burdened onto my heart. Um, I would like to give honor where honor is due, aside from my pastor, my husband, my dad, but all of those who have helped me collaborate this message because I'm not standing here alone. There are many prayers behind me. There are many hours of individuals building media for what you're about to see um so thank you to pastor gavin cool for the hours he put into that to james for lending his voice where james is i'm not sure um to (laughs) abigail for putting this all into the system clip after clip after clip And for Brother Jim, man, we got this. We got this tonight, you and me. (laughs) So um, God has really been dealing with me about prayer and going deeper in prayer, more intentional in my prayers. And not just self-focused prayers, but others-focused prayers. And he really started to place this burden onto my heart, and so I do what I do, and I started researching. I am deep into my PhD dissertation, and I am researching. That's just what I do. I um, learned how to do this and have been honing in on this skill for the last four years. And one of the statements that they tell us when we first start out is, "You, when you're researching, you have to find out what other." people have said before you and then you have to build on that and they call it standing on the shoulders of giants standing on the shoulders of giants and so that is what I want to do tonight I want to give a very heavy burden of prayer and a heavy burden of intercession that God has been pulling our church into but I don't feel like I can do that alone And so I have researched and I have gathered, and you're lucky because I dumbed it down from about 50 clips of preachers, you're welcome, to uh, 10. (laughs) So we have gotten it down. But others who are experts, who are prayer warriors, who are called and burdened for such a time as this, we are going to listen to several clips of them talking about prayer. The Word of God tells us in 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people... Which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. Shall humble themselves and pray. That's the key. Prayer is the key. And seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. God is calling us refuge. God is calling us to move outside of what we're used to doing, our status quo. And boy, has he been doing that through this building project for the last years. But now he's calling us to move into prayer and fasting that is intentional. Prayer and fasting that is focused. Not just whatever we wanted to pray that day. Praying about my situation. Because that's what we like to do. (laughs) We spend our time on our situations. And we forget. That there is a lost and dying world who needs our prayers, who needs us to intercede for them. And so we are going to look into intercession and prophecies that have been prayed over this church, who have been prophesied over this church. Prophecies, that's a word that we hear a lot, but really, do we believe them? Is it something that we really think about and hold on to? How many prophecies has this church had? Sister Diana, you would know more than anyone how many prophecies this world has. Had. And sometimes prophecies can be really, really difficult to hold on to. Um, Brother Billy Cole says that looking through, our prophecies are like looking through binoculars. But it's so far out there. And then, and then we take them down and we see everything that's happening around us. And it's really hard for our minds to think, oh, yeah, that's actually going to happen. Because we get distracted when we take those binoculars down. But the Lord is calling us to hold up those binoculars and to keep on praying, and to not stop believing in those prophecies that he has given this church. We have to stand on those prophecies. In 70 AD, Titus, as had been prophesied, conquered Jerusalem. The temple, as the Lord himself had told them, was destroyed, and God's people were scattered all over the world. For 1,878 years, Jews all over the world quoted Old Testament prophecies. They told their children, we've been scattered, but someday God is going to bring us back. The glory of God is going to shine in Jerusalem once again. And decade after decade and hundreds of years after hundreds of years, they told their children four words, next year in Jerusalem next year in jerusalem when i read this i thought in my mind's eye i saw a lady walking into a gas chamber walking in there and turning and looking because we have records of this in history turning and looking behind her and saying as she's going in next year in jerusalem she never lost hope They didn't lose hope. They held on to the prophecy that God would bring them back. They had no homeland. They had no hope. They had never been further from what God had promised them than they were in those moments. Yet they continued to say, next year in Jerusalem. They did not let go of that prophecy. Their faith carried them through. Especially those Jews in 1948. That last decade. Can you imagine They kept saying, next year in Jerusalem, prophesying it, speaking it, because that's what it takes. Prophesying and speaking what God has promised them. That's what it takes. Someone said it for the last time. Someone told their child next year in Jerusalem, because in 1948, after 1,878 years, God did what he said he would do. And Jerusalem was once again became a nation. Prophecies. I'd like to remind you, Refuge Church, of some prophecies that we have had. Brother Near, just in this last year during this journey, because I could go on and on again. 20 clips, 10. Ryan Near prophesied over pastor. He said, north, south, east, or west, it doesn't matter where you go. God's going to do it. Because we're going to spiritually walk all over the entire Kansas City metro area. The prophetic voice of Kendra L. Prophecy, she said, I go places and I hear the princes of those nations. I hear the princes of those regions. But when she came here, she heard lots of voices. Not just one. There were many voices arguing, speaking against the church. And it was because we are a church of many nations. Jason Sisko prophesied over our church about the significance of the timing of God in this moment. And there's a clip of Jason Sisko.
1: There's so much more for you. I feel this. I sense this. When I woke up this morning, the Lord was just talking to me about so much more that he wanted to do, that he was going to open the heavens over this area. He's going to open hearts in this area, that he's going to open doors in your community. He's going to release it. So here's another example. Here's another example. Acts chapter 3. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily. Everyone say daily. At the gate of the temple, which was called beautiful. Now this word beautiful is a Greek word, which is horeos. We oftentimes miss it. We think that it's just talking about the name of the gate, but it actually has a prophetic meaning. It means belonging to the right hour or season, timely. It can also mean flourishing or beautiful, blooming. In other words, there is a season of bloom. Or there is a time when things come to a critical moment. But Horeos is different from Kairos. So you have Kronos, which is just the sequence of time. Then you have Kairos, which is an appointed time. But Horeos is a time that will never happen again. So this flower is going to bloom. And once this bloom is done, it's falling off. And it's not going to bloom another one like that. Not on that, not, not on that piece right there. There will be more flowers. But on that particular uh, branch, on that particular uh, plant, that, that bloom, it has its moment. It has its moment. Horeos. Horeos. God directed me to this. This church right now is in a horeos moment. Once you make the decision, once you accept what God is saying to you, or reject what God is saying to you, this time, this season will not come back again. There will be other appointed times. There will be other Rima words. There will be other words from God. But this is a different word. This is not... This is not Kronos. This is not Kairos. This is Horeos.
0: This is our Horeos moment that we are currently in. Pastor had to make that step of Horace moment, Yeah, this is where our church is going. But church, it's our turn. This is our Horace moment. We have to get behind him. Him and Sister Jackie cannot pray for every single person in Excelsior Springs and Independence. We have to step up into this intercession. We have to pick up that burden. We have to step into that Horace moment. It is up to us. But if we don't take on this burden... And if we don't let God expand our vision, we will miss it. We will miss that moment. And Pastor and Sister Jackie, they're going to go on without us. (laughs) That's going to happen. He stepped in. It's been prophesied. It's a done deal. But if we don't pick up that burden, then we will miss it. And that's a scary thought, to miss our hurrayous moment. We have to let God expand our vision. And Sister Walker... Talks about God expanding our vision.
2: you probably tell this story of the little boy who was down looking through a hole in the picket fence at the parade going by. There was a little knothole, and he would watch just a few march by, just one drummer, just one part of one float. But he had a big brother up on the veranda of the house and said, Hey! Johnny, come up here with me. The view's a lot better. And so the little boy went upstairs and he was amazed because it was a two story house and he could see what was, he could see what is, he could see what was coming. He enjoyed the parade so much better because his vision, everybody say his vision, had been expanded lay your hands on your natural eyes and I'm gonna pray right now that God will expand the Claudette Walker spiritual eyes Lord I'm praying you to touch my spiritual vision today though you gave me this vision Lord I want to see it for myself I'm asking you oh God to let me not just see a little bit of what's in front of me my own troubles of my own world my own little things around me expand the vision of faith Apostolic Church of Troy God right now I'm praying for the spiritual eyes of every child every teenager every young married couple every single person every older person God the senior citizens who cannot be here that are watching online let the spirit go through the way to say the media touch my eyes let me see what you see let me hear what you hear let me feel what you feel let me care about what you care about let me pray about what you care about
0: it is by no coincidence that pastor Gavin spoke a message about unity and moving forward into the next season last Sunday he had us pray together he had us let go of some things and he gave us the reason for doing that because of where we are headed in this season. Our vision cannot be expanded until we are in unity. Pastor Gap.
3: We have prayed with each other. And now that we have prayed for each other, now, now we look not internally but now we look externally now with our apostolic impact and influence we begin to pray for our community for our community I'm gonna ask pastor to come up and lead this prayer but what we are getting ready to do is begin to pray for the city region spirit of Excelsior and pray for the city region in and spirit of Independence Sugar Creek Because when we step foot in, when we are together, there is nothing that can stop the church. Pastor, would you come?
0: But we have to guard that unity with everything that we have. Because that is the way that the devil blinds us. By causing disunity, by causing division, by causing fighting and separation, that disunity will break us apart. Brother Mark Morgan talks about or uh, shares a story of a time where he was facing division in a level of regional level with ministers. And he says he was ready to fight. He was going in. He was set up to travel. And if you've ever heard Brother Morgan, it makes sense. Um, and he was fighting those districts. But he shares a story that a prophetess, Sister Chanel, shared with him. Brother story.
4: Morgan. I said, okay. She said, well, when Brother Chenault and I were just young converts in the church, she said, the Lord gave us a dream, if you remember and in it, her and her husband and their pastor was in a, like a small cabin of some sort, and, and they stepped out and knocked at the door, they opened the door, there was a man there, said, come out, I'll show you something. And they stepped out, I hope you hear me today. They stepped out, she said, Brother Morgan, we stepped out into the most glorious field of grain. She said it was gold and it was beautiful. She said you could see no end of it. The angel of the Lord asked our pastor, "What do you want?" And he beckoned toward that field.
0: That's not the end of the clip, but if it doesn't start playing, I'll talk about the rest.
4: Said you could see no end of it. The angel of the Lord asked our pastor, "What do you want?" And he beckoned toward that field asked our pastor what do you build and then he turned he looked over against that little cabin and there were three small bundles of wheat and said so choose you want the field or do you want those and she said, my, pa- my husband and I begged him, take the field, the field's the world. God can give us a revival that can affect the world. And she said, I watched my pastor choose three small bundles of wheat. She said, Brother Morgan, listen to me. She said, my pastor died a bitter old man fussing and fighting with people, and he only pastored three small struggling works. She said, today the Holy Ghost told me to ask you, choose what will you hold in your hand a sickle or a sword because you can't hold both do you want to fight or do you want to be a harvester choose this day brother morgan well by then i'm sobbing i'm on the floor begging god please forgive me god i'm not going god please forgive me and i have tried to live by that principle ever since There's some things that you need to put your sword up over and let the good justice of God take care of it and you get out of that business. Somebody needs to listen to me. You are distracted by squabbles and fussing and fighting. And every time that God tries to put a harvest in your family or a harvest in your neighborhood, you get distracted by some little squabble. And instead of reaching for a harvesting instrument, you pick up a sword and go get in the fight. And by the time you get back, the season is over. Brother Woodward, I'm going to say this, and I hope I don't say it wrong, but that's the curse of an organization. Every time we get ready to have a harvest, somebody picks a fight about something, and we get to squabbling about something, putt-putt, golf, or video, or whatever it is, we get to fussing about it. I got news for you. He is the Lord of the harvest, and he has a season for these fields. Are you listening to me? He has a season for these fields, and I am pleading with you right now to quit looking at the sack lunches. You've got to get your eyes on the things that sustain you and where you think that you find strength and just getting caught up in your own world and your own business and your own thing. I'm telling you, those are the distractions. Outside these four walls, somewhere in this world, there is a field that's white and ready to harvest, and the Holy Ghost, which is the Lord of the harvest, is trying to send labors into it and we cannot afford to be distracted.
0: This is our horreos moment. We cannot afford to be distracted in this moment. We cannot afford to be distracted in our horreos moment because it will pass us. If we do not invest into the harvest through prayer and fasting, it will pass us. We cannot afford. We must prepare ourselves for the harvest. But make no mistakes. The principle of the harvest. And we enter into this season of focused prayer and focused fasting. We're declaring war. Don't make a mistake about that. Because the harvest does not come easily. And it's not war with one another. But it's war with the principalities and the powers of the cities that we are going into. And if we do not gird ourselves, we will not reach the harvest. We will have the 3 Leaning against the barn rather than the field that God wants to give Refuge Church. We have to be ready. We have to be ready for the harvest. Brother Green talks about the harvest and how it is always associated with war.
5: Through the prophet Joel in Joel chapter 3, verses 9 through 14, Scripture says, Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles that's you that's me we are the Gentiles he said proclaim this prophecy if you will to the Gentiles prepare war wake up the mighty men let all the men of war draw near let them come up in the New Living Translation I'll just show you kind of how it says it it says in verse 9 it says get ready for war thought I was preaching about harvest just hang on get ready for war somebody say war War. call out your best warriors let all your fighting men advance for the attack verse 10 hammer your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears train even your weaklings to be warriors verse 11 come quickly all you nations everywhere gather together in the valley and now oh lord call out your warriors verse 12. let the nations be called to arms let them march to the valley of jehoshaphat notice the context war and valleys he says there i the lord will sit to pronounce judgment on on them all verse 13 swing the sickle for the harvest is ripe the harvest is ready come tread the grapes for the wine press is full the
6: storage vats are overflowing with the wickedness of these people watch this verse 14 you ready thousands upon thousands are waiting in the valley of decision there the day of the lord will soon arrive he says go ahead and get ready for war and go ahead and go to the valley he said because i'm going to be in the valley he said and there's going to be people in the valley of decision There are people right now sitting in the valley of decision, uh, not knowing what choice to make. Uh, How am I going to get through this? Uh, How am I going to make it out of this darkness? Uh, But here comes the church uh, of Acts. Uh, Here comes then Pentecostals. Uh, Let me tell you uh, what choice to make. Let me tell you uh, what choice to make. Uh, his name is Jesus. Uh, his, uh, his name is Jesus. Somebody shout it with me. Get ready for war, but get ready for the
0: harvest of souls the harvest is ready the harvest is ready and god is calling us sister Kendra prophesied over refuge and said the face of god is tur- turned towards our church she said a lot of prophecies but that one i think about a lot god's face is looking at us his face is turned to refuge church He's calling us. He's burdening us. He's beckoning us to come towards him. But that is a season where his face is turned toward us, a season that we must respond in. Sister Magnum relates God is looking for weepers and warriors, harvesters and prayer warriors. Those roles go hand in hand. You cannot have one without the other. Annie who
7: understand the times and will seek his faith continually so that he will intervene in the affairs of nations, churches, families, and individuals in response to their supplication just like he did in the days of old. God conditions the very life and prosperity of His church upon men and women who will catch His passion and share His burden. He has a burden for a lost world. If you never connect with that, you're disconnected. God is looking down from heaven upon every generation for weepers and warriors intermediaries intercessors battle veterans that's the bottom line to this whole redemption business that's the purpose of the church we cannot treat casually that what is actually that what is all important to god right. god is calling for weepers and warriors who was will... right who will strike a balance, who will strike a balance between weeping and warring, praying and serving, saying and doing, between intercession and action. For all those churches building altars and outreach ministries that will... Altars and outreach ministries that will remind their communities in a dying world that Jesus Christ is the only answer for all their problems. If we ever get a glimpse of the worth of a soul and realize that we stand between lost people and heaven or hell, then a burden will grip us so that we too will weep between the porch and the altar. Nehemiah said, When I heard that my homeland was in ruins, and that Israel sat trembling within her tumbled walls and charred gates. I couldn't take it. It just knocked the breath out of me. All semblance of self control vanished. A paroxysm of such burden seized me. I sat down because I had to sit down. I wept. I mourned. I fasted. I prayed. And in the words of Joel, I lay all night in sackcloth. I wept between the porch and the altar. And that's when Revival broke out. It broke out in me. That's when Revival broke out. And that's when things begin to change and that's when things will break out in your life and that's when things will begin to change in your life, when you can't take it any longer, when you're tired of just a little regular run-of the meal, when you're sick and tired of every week, nobody getting the Holy Ghost, nobody getting baptized. Sick and tired of our dead churches. Nothing going on. Nothing attracting people. Folks, are you hearing me? Let the revival break out. A desire break out in you. Say, I can't stand it. Come on, somebody shout that louder than I can. Say it louder than that. Say it louder than that. Say it louder than that. You can do better than that. Say, I'm going to do something about it.
0: She's my favorite. Refuge, as a church, we have to get to a place where we cry, I can't stand it. At the top of our lungs, when we drive through the cities, when we hear the stories, when we interact with the broken, we have to have, our souls have to cry out, I can't stand it. And until we get to that place, we will not be able to reap the harvest that God wants us to reap. We have to do something about it. We have to respond in a new way because this is a new season and it requires our response in a new way. It requires us to step up intentionally with focused prayer. It requires us to respond to what God is calling us to do. Refuge Church, I believe we are the key to outbreak of revival in Kansas City. I believe that we are. Not just in Independence and in Excelsior, but in every city around in Kansas City, in this region. Brother Morgan shares different dimensions that churches can walk in when they are called into the harvest. He talks about the third dimension of the harvest. Churches and they, who are ready to move. Other churches that
4: break past that, and they get hands then they are other churches that break past that and they get handfuls on purpose. Man, we had an 18-week revival and had 25 people pray through. At least we got a few folks coming, and, and we're, we're harvesting a few folks. And, and I'm going to make statements here that you probably won't understand, but Aunt Sally, her, her little boy prayed through, and, and this lady over here, her next. You know, we, we pray a few folks through, and we like shaking hands. Everybody, how you doing? Well, we're doing good. We've got a few handfuls on purpose. And a lot of churches, they get there, and they decide to stop right there, man. At least we got a little growth going on. And then there's what I call the third dimension of the harvest. These are churches that say, you know what? We're not content with that. Thank God for it. Thank God for the end rows and thank God for the handfuls on purpose. But we we wanna do something else. We wanna affect our area. We wanna affect our community. We we wanna affect our, this region right here. Woo, hallelujah and and thank god for that i i I thank god for churches like that but there's one dimension that's even higher than all of that there is a place that you can get in god and your relationship with that kinsman redeemer where it's not just handfuls on purpose and it's not just in rows and it's not just 12 f's of barley but the fact is you can enter into a relationship with the man that owns the fields and the fields include the world I am convinced that local churches, I don't know how to put it, that can have such a revival that that revival doesn't just impact that little in that they got or just a few handfuls on purpose and not just the region, but the revival that happens there has the ability to affect the world. It moves beyond your ethnicity. I just believe that's the kind of revival that God's trying to give you right now. I think some of you need to lift up your eyes and get your eyes on the fields. There's fields out there, and they are white, ready to harvest.
0: This is our Horeos moment. So we're going to operationalize a plan, intentional, focused prayer, intentional, focused fasting, because that is how we get to the answer of what are you going to do about it that God is asking us. That question, what are you going to do about it? We've seen all of these prayer warriors. We've heard all of the prophecies, but what are we going to do about it? How are we going to step into it? So that's where this focused prayer agenda comes into play. So I had God lay this agenda on my heart or something very similar to it. And I began to pray it. And I began to move into something I hadn't worked in on a consistent basis of intercessory prayer. And it is heavy. If you've worked in intercessory prayer, it can be very, very, very heavy. And as I began to work in that, God began to use me and pray through me for situations, and I knew I didn't even know what I was praying for, but there were times where I knew it was life and death. There were times that I knew it was Kansas City. There were times I knew it was not even in this country, but he was praying through me for another person, an intercessory type of prayer. And so I began to make a plan of how can I do this because I was getting exhausted. <laughs> God was praying through me at 3 in the morning and every night for a whole entire week. There was a period of 40 days where I was completely exhausted. And I was calling on my prayer warriors to cover me because I just felt like I was crippling and exhausting myself during this cycle. And so I thought, God, I want to be used in this so much, I want you to pray through me for this world, but I was like, How much? <laughs> How many times do I do this? How much do I do this? And God really started to work through me and say, This is a focused, intentional prayer and fasting cycle. So I began to fast one day a week and then three days a month. And when I did that, I prayed focused, intentional prayers and knew that during those times. Those were the times God can use you, and he does, and he did, and he still does outside of those times. But those were the times I was focusing and intentional on not just praying for myself and my needs, but I was focused and intentional on praying for specific prayer points that were intercessory type of prayer points. And so that is what God is calling and laying on my heart to share with you as a church we are going to begin to pray intentional prayer focus points. You're going to not pray them every day. This is not to exhaust us as a church. This is a prayer time one day a week when you are fasting. Because if you decide to sign up tonight, there's a (laughs) sign-up. Surprise! Uh, If you decide to sign up tonight, you will be signing up to fast one day a week. And then the three days on our quarterly fast that we, that pastor calls for us as a church. One day a week and three days. And I tell you that ahead of time because there are ten ten prayer focus points. And that seems like a lot. But you're not doing this every day. It is just on the one day. Unless God calls you to do that. Of course, if you pray them every day, if God calls you to that, then do that. But signing up today today is for the one-day fast a week and the three days quarterly. I ran some math on it, and the math comes out to we would be fasting one day a week for 52 weeks, so 52 fasting and focused prayer days, four quarters in a year, so that gives us 12 because we're doing our three-day fast. That would be for every single person in this church who signs up for focused prayer and fasting, 64 prayer and fasting focus days Per person this year. If only 28 people, I'm not saying God said 28 people, that's not (laughs) what I'm saying. That's just the math that I worked. If only 28 people participate in this for one year, we are offering God intentional, focused prayer of five solid, straight years this year. That advances His kingdom so fast. That advances us. So when you're praying these points, what will happen is you will sign up if you so choose, if you feel so led to do. In their back, there's a written one. We will be sending out a link, I believe. We'll be sending out a link um, tomorrow to sign up as well. But what will happen is we will cover all of these prayer points. And they are individualized because this is a large region. And so the first prayer point that you will begin to pray is for your world my world, my sphere of influence, my family, my neighbors, my coworkers. And God places these burdens on our hearts because I know that it's not me. I'm too selfish. I just want to focus. And don't look at me like that. You're selfish too. And God, we just want to pray about ourselves and our things and things that matter to us. So when we feel a burden, that's coming from God. That's coming from God. And so, any burden you have for someone else in your world, if it's a coworker, if it's a neighbor, when you're at the bank, when you're shopping at the grocery store, wherever that might be, it has to start in your heart. You have to allow God to move in your heart and place that burden on your neighborhood and your world. The second prayer point is for our church that God would remodel us as a church. That he would increase our faith. That he would give us spiritual eyes to be able to see what he sees, hear what he hears, say what he wants us to say and when he wants us to say it. Praying for the leaders in this church and praying for each other. The third prayer point will be for prodigals. Those who have come and have left. Those who are not here right now but we know that they're here in this city but they're lost and they're broken. We're going to pray for each other's prodigals. And so this will be you submitting a name, whoever that is. You will submit it to the prayer team, and we will assign it. So if there are 28 of us and there are 50 names that get submitted, we'll divide those. You're not going to have to pray for all of the names. It will just be intentional. I hope that I am assigned Sister Diana's children, not that I'm going to pick them myself, but (laughs) Um, we won't know, right? We won't know who we're going to get assigned because it's going to be down a list, but we're praying for someone else's loved one that they've been praying for, those MIAs. Our next prayer point is for this city, a city of Independence and Excelsior Springs. And when we're praying for Independence and Excelsior Springs, you will be actually assigned a specific section of those cities. A specific section. And there are some images. Um, Brother Jim, yep, those are them. So we will go from really large and bring it down into a section. And your section will have the picture of your section, all of the street names that are there. And then on the back of this card, it will have information. This is section one. It is 15.77 square miles. There are 5,877 people in this section. This is just the section by our church, our new church building. There is one significant location, Elm Grove Elementary School. There are 10 different neighborhoods in this section. That's just one section. Independence alone has over 50 sections. Excelsior Springs also has the sections that we will break out, so you will receive your assignment. If God leads you, you might want to drive through your section and pray while you're driving for this specific person, for this specific area, this elementary school. But think about it. I am started praying for section one. This is my section right now. And I started praying for it, and I started thinking, oh, my goodness. When someone comes from Elm Grove Elementary School, oh, that is going to be an amazing, incredible day. Because I have been praying for them. When someone comes and they, we ask them, oh, yeah, where are you from? New Salem? My heart might stop. Because I have been praying and fasting for the neighborhood of New Salem. I don't know them, but God has put such a burden on my heart. And that's what he will do for each and every one of us. We will individually be calling out these city sections. Prayer point five is an ethnic and cultural group that will be assigned to you from within Independence and Excelsior Springs. That's different from you. A different culture than you. A different ethnicity than you. And you will research that city. You will research that ethnicity. You will research that group of people. It is soldiers. It is prisoners. There are a lot of different cultures within these city walls. You will pray over them. You will be assigned one ethnic or cultural group. Prayer point six is houses of worship. There are approximately 175 other places of worship throughout the cities. I believe God's going to convert whole communities congregations. Whole congregations. We're going to believe for all the churches, all the mosques, all the temples, all the synagogues, you will be assigned two to three different churches that you will pray over specifically. Brother Charles Robinette gives a fantastic prophecy about whole congregations being converted.
1: You are not going to be
6: the only church in your city any longer but the baptists are going to become one god Jesus name tongue talking the the catholics are going to become one god Jesus name tongue talking the muslims are going to become Jesus name one god I wish there was somebody who believed that word. Your city is about to be turned upside down.
0: Hallelujah, Jesus. Per point seven is the Kansas City Metro UPCI churches. We have to have unity within UPCI, within our organization. And what a better way than to pray for another church that's right here in Kansas City, praying for angelic assistance for them, praying for wisdom, praying that they would have revival, that they would have harvest. 17 churches, you'll be assigned one. Prayer point eight is for our North American missionaries in Missouri. Um, There are 12 Missouri District North American missionaries. You will get a picture of your person or your missionary Um, There are 13 daughter works, and there are 24 prayer points. So you will likely receive one prayer point and a missionary that you will be praying over. Prayer point nine is for the United States of America. I'm not going to break that one down. That's just big. (laughs) You're just praying for the United States against the Antichrist spirit. Uh, For our government, it's a scary time right now. It's a scary time, so praying for the leaders. Prayer point number 10 is for the nations of the world. There are 193 nations, so you will be assigned. No, I'm just kidding. We won't do all 193 nations. Um, I have selected 60 nations that are very influential at this time, and those are the nations that you'll be assigned. Hopefully, around 30, at least 30 people will sign up tonight. Um, And so you'll have one to two different nations. I got to sign China. I feel overwhelmed. So hopefully someone else is joining in China because there are two billion people there. Um, So we'll focus on the 60 major nations. When you sign up. It will take a couple weeks for us to break out these different sections and make the assignments. So within two to three weeks, you will receive that packet of information and you will begin praying and fasting. It sounds overwhelming. I know it does. It sounds like a lot. One day a week, three days and a quarter when you're fasting. And when we're praying intentional prayers... It's going to flow. You can pray them all together at one time. You could pray some in the car and some when you're on a break, wherever it might be, whenever God leads you. But we have some prayer point um, scripts that we have written out so you can hear what that might sound like. And um, we have a recording of that. Our first focused prayer will be for my world, your own sphere of influence, our family, neighbors, and co-workers. Increase our influence. We pray for doors to be open, divine appointments, and all obstacles and blockages to be removed. Bring us personal harvest to bring about the global harvest.
5: That the household of faith would see you with spiritual eyes. We ask for spiritual insight, that you would allow us, to be remodeled as the actual church and transform our identity as the church. That we would take the limits off of you for the forthcoming harvest. We trust that you will provide whatever is
8: needed for your church and for your revival. Lord, our hearts are burdened for those who have strayed, your lost sons and daughters, those who have gone into the wilderness. Lord, I'm praying, send angels to influence them back to your house of refuge heal their hurts, their wounds, and their brokenness. Like the prodigal, grant them the realization of their condition and draw them back to you. May revival ignite within them,
3: leading to deliverance and restoration. God, we pray for the city of Independence and the city of Excelsior Springs, our cities of calling cover our cities with your glory Lord let your kingdom come and let your will be done in those homes and those families and within those communities God would you use refuge as a beacon we ask that your angels would go before us and do a work on our behalf drawing individuals like Apollos and Cornelius to you that hungry souls would be compelled to come and to be healed and find truth Our prayer continues for all different ethnic and cultural groups represented in those same cities. Lead us to influencers among the diverse ethnic and cultural groups. Lord, lead us to influencers. Influencers in families, in neighborhoods, in job sites, in congregations. Break down barriers, walls, and traditions, enabling us to be a surrogate family for collectivist groups. May our unity in Christ, Replace divisions, fostering a sense of belonging among all people.
8: There are approximately 175 other houses of worship and independence in Excelsior Springs. And I am praying, release angels to the faithful seekers and other houses of worship, regardless of their faith. Grant them revelations of your truth to those in other churches, mosques, synagogues, and temples. Convert leaders and in congregations to the gospel, breaking down religious barriers. Let a hunger for your word spread across denominations uniting believers and draw whole congregations in that mighty
3: name of Jesus. God, we pray for the Kansas City Metro UPCI churches for angelic assistance and victory over the principality of the KC Metro area. We pray this in your name, give us divine strategic plans and wisdom to take this territory for you. Unite us for a burden, for great harvest. We release unlimited anointing. We release unlimited resources to our district to accomplish kingdom purposes. Lord, we pray that you would lift up
5: missionaries in North America praying for a mighty harvest and authority in their ministries. Let healings, miracles, signs, and wonders accompany them wherever they go. Anoint missionaries, their families, and the national ministers they train.
3: Open doors and grant boldness in their calling, reaping where others have sown. We pray for the United States of America. We pray against the Antichrist spirit and agenda. We pray for a spirit of repentance to fall on this country, for revival and for a great harvest. From the low places to the high places, God, release your glory. Let your spirit run like a river from the West Coast to the East Coast and on all the parts in between.
0: The 10th focused prayer is for the nations of the world. We pray for the North, South, East and West, we intercede for the United States, praying against any Antichrist spirit and agenda. May a spirit of repentance sweep across the nation, leading to revival and a bountiful harvest. Let your glory be released from coast to coast. Extend our prayer to the nations worldwide, declaring a mighty outpouring of your spirit, bringing about miracles, signs, and wonders. May all nations declare victory, victory in Jesus' name. One of the most instru- instrumental preachers of the Pentecostal movement was Brother Verbal Bean, and he described different levels of prayer. The first one was prayer. Say prayer. prayer. Yeah, talking to God. That's what prayer is. The next one that he talked about was supplication. Say supplication. It's when we give specific requests. Usually those are about ourselves, specific requests for ourselves. The next one is thanksgiving. Say thanksgiving. That's when we're giving thanks to God. That's one of those channels. But this channel is intercession. Verbal Bean says in his book, Intercession is the deepest prayer. That you can pray. When you have received the spirit of intercession, you're as far into the inner court of talking to God that you will ever get. You have arrived at the holy place. Generally, intercession is with great groaning, and it is for someone else. That is the level that we are moving into intercessory prayer. Paul said in Romans 8 26, 20 to 28, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings, which cannot be uttered. Brother Woodward gives a brief and amazing introduction to what intercession is.
9: Intercessions... Uh, our modern word would be intervention intercessions are interventions on behalf of others intercessors are prayer warriors who stand. Intercessors are prayer warriors who stand in the gap for someone else intercessors act like a bridge over which blessings can pass Intercessors refuse to allow the devil to win a victory. Intercessors are those who say over and over, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, until they see it happen. Those are people that know how to pray intercessions, intercessory prayer. Like the midwife who assists with a birth and then is forgotten by the family It is rare to see an intercessor recognized here on earth. But let me tell you, our God is faithful. He keeps good records and someday you are going to be amazed and astounded and astonished to see the parade of God called intercessors and they didn't stand behind pulpits and nobody called them pastor and they didn't lead congregations. But in the spirit, they made everything that we do possible. They were the ones who refused to take no for an answer until God moved in our altars. They were the ones who got a burden for a backslider and we all celebrated when the backslider finally came down the aisle and knelt at the altar and was refilled with the Holy Ghost and we all thought it was pastor's sermon that did it and what heaven only knows is that it was an intercessor in a lonely prayer room that said God that boy has got to come back to you. Jesus that girl is lost and I'm going to pray until we see some progress in her life. That is an intercessor. They are the four-star generals of the prayer armies of the kingdom of God and we are thankful
0: for them. Ezekiel twenty-two thirty, 30, however, <clears throat> brings us a statement that is staggering. It says, I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it. But I found none. But I found none. Intercession is war. It is hard and it is intentional. And we have to be willing to step into that gap and pray for our world. We have to be able and willing to be available to step into intercessory prayer. This is the last clip. And Brother Josh Herring shares a story about interceding
10: driving through kentucky a couple of years ago janae starts crying weeping and just looking at her phone and she's just weeping and crying and i'm trying to get through traffic and i'm like what's wrong and, and what happened and she can't even speak and she i'm like you know who died what's, what's, what do we need to do and finally we stop, and she starts reading this to me, that in Pennsylvania, a lady worked at Walmart, had two kids, five year old, forget the oldest his name, Ryan or something, and then Scotty was three. And she met a coworker at Walmart, big guy, six, five, 350 pounds, and uh, somehow they moved in together. And the news said that when my wife was reading that one morning, Scotty, three-year-old, got up for breakfast and didn't want what they were going to give him. So the man tied him to the chair and began to punch him over and over and over. Threw him in the room, beat him ferociously. Then left him in the room all day long. The next morning. The next morning. They called him out to eat breakfast again. And the little guy obviously couldn't open his mouth. And because he couldn't open his mouth, the man did it again. Over and over and over and over. Threw him in the room. Left him all day long where little Scotty. Died by himself beat to death I'm leaving out a lot of details on purpose it was so ferocious that you couldn't even fathom a human being so possessed by the devil and when she said that I got mad at God and I said why would you why and all i heard back was this there was no intercessor
0: there was no intercessor no one was available no one was praying for them that's what happens when churches aren't praying that's what happens when all we say is, Lord, send us revival. And then we walk out and we forget. And we don't pray and we're not focused. But when we begin to pray focused prayers like we have never prayed before, things are going to start stirring in the spiritual realm. You will begin to pray for those people who need prayer who need God to intervene. When you sign up, sign up is on that back table or three of the link, but you're making a commitment. You are committing to be an open vessel that God can pray through when there is a need for people focused prayer for your assignment, for your person, for your people. You are making a commitment to pray for the neighbors to not walk around the city with your blinders on, but to see them, the broken and the hurting. Your coworkers are counting on you. You might be the only person that will pray for those people. You might be the only person that God has assigned for that person, for little Scotty and people like him. We have to be that open vessel. Someone is counting on you. Who is going to pray? Someone's prodigal is counting on you. Someone's neighbor is counting on you. The United States is counting on us. Independence is counting on us. Excelsior Springs is counting on us. North American churches are counting on us who will be an intercessor who will be available not everyone's going to respond I know that not everyone's going to feel the call to be an intercessor but God is taking us to this place because the fields are white and ready to harvest and it is our time, Refuge Church. This is our Horeos moment. Don't let it pass us up. Don't let it pass you up. The sign-up is open. These altars are open. How will you respond? Oh, <laughs> y'all